All right, thanks to the grace of God that we can gather in the beautiful Vancouver Chapel. Uh, also have uh, some brothers and sisters joining us online uh, for this uh, National Youth Ministry training. Uh, thank God for gathering us here, bring us here with his love. Hopefully uh, also instill us with the zeal and love to serve him. Uh, so this class, our topic is rekindle the fire of the youth. Rekindle the fire of your youth. Um, this is a very good topic. I think what is very much important, uh, if, if the youth are zealous, have you ever been to a church when the youth are zealous and so full of energy and willing to serve? That is a church that is so vibrant and so, so joyful. Um, and I, I, I'm just thinking back to, to one of the time. There was a one time... Um, one time, and then you, one time when I was still a TTP student, and there was this brother uh, that came to church, and then people were like, hey, uh, that time was uh, student Tony, go talk to him, right? That brother has not been coming to church for, for some time now, and this time we have like an event, so we bring this brother here um, to, to have food, <laughs> good food, promised, so he came, uh, but it's like, hey, Tony, go, go talk to him, right? rekindle his flame so that's that's my I, was, I didn't use the word rekindle his flame they just say go talk to him right <laughs> and I, I was thinking to myself okay I'm gonna go and <laughs> rekindle his flame and uh well not not exactly like that but I said okay I'll, I'll, I'll go talk to him and I did I went to talk to him and say hi brother how are you you know I'm, I'm my name is Tony what is your name sorry I don't remember his name now this was a while back. This was a long time ago, over 10 years ago. Okay. Um, so I asked him, right? I'm trying to kind of encourage him. I, I was having the mindset, rekindle the flame, right? So I was thinking about perhaps there was a time when he was zealous for the Lord and was really good. And, and perhaps, hopefully, we, tr we try to find that common ground and, and enlarge that flame that was within him, right? And I say to him, so why do you believe? And he says, I don't. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, but what about before? What about before, right? And so, well, I, I, I never believed it was my parents who kind of brought me to church and, and baptized me, right? And so that, that's the end of the story there. And I was like, okay, let's just continue to enjoy your food. <laughs> no, I, I talked to him maybe a little bit more, but... Um, but it left an impression on me. I think what, what it is, sometimes, right, sometimes we really never have, uh, have, this, have the fire to, to begin with. So the rekindle, it's, it kind of implies, I don't know, my, maybe my English is not so good. It, it, it kind of implies that you had it in you. Like, like when, when Lord Jesus Christ talked to the, the, the church, right, one of the church in the seven churches, he says, uh, let's, where, where, you know, remember your first love, right? And then, and then pick up from where you left off, isn't it? Uh, if you take a look at, uh, this is in Revelations chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, verse 4, right? This is talking to the church in, in Ephesus. So this is a good church with many good qualities. However, there is one thing that the Lord have against you, that you have left your first love, 
right? So they did have first loved for Lord Jesus Christ. And this is not talking about just the love for brotherly love, taking care of one another, feeding each other. But this is actually talking about the love for truth, right? The, the zeal that you have to follow Lord Jesus Christ even to the end, even to, to suffer and, 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 and yeah, to follow him and carry, his, carry your cross to follow him. But, for, but after some time, you lose sight of that. You lose your love. So even though Jesus Christ is rebuking the church in Ephesus, you have to, you have to pick it up. You have to remember where you lost that love and, and pick it up again. But what happened to people who have, who have uh, never, never had that love before? then you have to start somewhere, isn't it? You have to start somewhere. And I think that is the challenge that we may have as we as we thinking about this class, you know, when we come here as workers. I, I think a lot of times we try to, how do you say? We try to flame people into flame, right? Fame, not flame people into flame. <laughs> we try to encourage people to be zealous, and then we say, why don't you be zealous, right? And then maybe, maybe because when, sometimes when we talk to our coworkers, and then we say, oh, you know, I, I don't know if we have this uh, youth, you know, sometimes we have youth coordinator fellowship with one another. So we have youth coordinators from across Canada, Vancouver, Burnaby, you know, Calgary and, and Toronto, and then we, we talk to one another, we share about our youth work in each of the locations. And sometimes, I mean, well, <laughs> sometimes it feels like we are all struggling, and we are, right? Like the, some of the youth group across Canada are struggling, so we share like, oh, we're struggling with this, our youth, you know, don't come on time, our youth stop coming after they have babies, our youth don't, you know, marry Gentile, and, and then we, it's, it's a continual issue, I feel, across Canada, even, even other parts of the world, we also experience the same thing, and eventually it feels like, um, how can we go ahead and, and fend them out? How can we bring them up? You know, you have your problem, I have my problem. And for this class, I feel the most important part is not really focusing on the youth, other youth yet, but really focusing on yourself, right? When you're focusing on yourself. When you always go about and, and then taking a look at the youth, and then because you're giving the responsibility as youth coordinators, how can I go and kindle this this youth how can i go and kindle this youth like like maybe what i'm we are supposed to do here right you you have come and then hopefully your faith can be a little bit more kindled up but i'm thinking it is not so much that i'm doing this for you or you can do this for other people but really we can start by ourselves we have to start by ourselves uh, just like what the, the hymn that we sing, right? It takes a spark, right, to get the fire going. Actually, if, if you are together, when, when one is warm, when one is hot, then that warmth, that, that heat, that, that zeal, actually it will, it will start to move other youth to become zealous, right? If you, if you tell people, why don't you become zealous? Then that's a very, that's a very, I think that is a very difficult thing for them to do. But if you, if they feel as the youth coordinators, you are very zealous, you are very warm, right? You are very caring, you are very loving. You really have the love of Lord Jesus Christ, and they will be attracted to that. They will be attracted to that fellowship. Maybe 
one or two core members, right, of of the of the ch local youth uh, group have that same heart, have that same love, have that same zeal, and more and more, the youth will be attracted and will be will be able to grow, because it is a reality, actually facing the especially facing the second generation, especially facing the second generation members, because many of them actually they may have never made the conscious choice to be here by themselves right they have never made that conscious choice to be there by them here by themselves i hope you have <laughs> but many of them have not because they grew up in church they 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 just go to re they follow the parents to to come to church but then when they grow up especially when you come to the youth uh when they come to you know 18 19 20 right they say I'm a grown out adult now, right? I can I can do whatever I want, and and that is true. They they should they they do have their a mind of their own. But this is the time when they stop following their parents' faith, and the question is, do they have their faith established, right? Do they have their faith established? And actually, the, our youth group is very important because we are here to kind of accompany them to to make that transition from following their parents' faith to their own faith to their own faith. Even even in the Bible you can see this. Um, the four so like the lost generation, right? The second generation that is lost. If you take a look at um if you take a look at uh, Judges chapter two. Judges chapter two verse ten. Judges chapter two verse ten. Judges chapter two verse ten when all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. So this is talking about after Joshua and his generation pass away, the next generation of people who come after them, they did not know the Lord nor the work which he has done for Israel. If you think about this, is this even possible? Is this even possible that they don't remember? Because it's just the last generation, you know, that it's, it just happened not long ago that the Lord lead the Israelites into the land of Canaan, crossing, well, maybe crossing the Red Sea is kind of a while back, but crossing the River Jordan, right? The fall of Jericho. The people in that generation who participated in the fight to conquer the land of Canaan, they remember very well because they see the water stop right the river jordan maybe some of them even when they were big they were small small they saw the they crossed the red sea and now they they come into the land of canaan and then what did they see what else did they see they, the fall of jericho a strong city a strong hall that just collapsed before them right what else did they see the sun right it stood in a particular place i don't remember right for some time because they pray and god helped them in their victories so they really experience the abidance of God. They are like kind of the, not exactly first, but like they are like the first generation, right? Because when they come to Gilgal, that's when they do they 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 receive all the circumcision. But so they are kind of like the first generations. They really experience God's guidance, protection, and victorious conquer the land of Canaan. But the second generation, they grew up in a very comfortable environment. They grew up with the faith handed down to them. I'm pretty sure their fathers teach the children about where we came from, how we came to this land. We crossed the Red Sea, 
we crossed the River Jordan, we defeated the enemies. These are historical facts that the children know about. However, when the father passed away, why does the Bible say the children do not remember or did not know the works of him who has done for Israel? Why? What does that mean when they do not remember or they do not know? Actually, if you take a look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 11. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 11. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I commanded you today. So here, what does it mean when person forgets the Lord your God? By doing what? By not keeping his commandments, his judgment, and his statutes. So when a person does not walk in the way of the Lord, it means he has forgotten about the Lord. Does that, make, does that make sense, right? So when a person, when the children, they grew up, even though they knew from, from what the fathers told them, it was God who has brought them here, but when they do not walk in the way of the Lord, actually they do not know the Lord. They forget about God. All right, so this is kind of like our, our second generation. If you ask them, do you know about God? They say, yes, I went through all the I classes, right? I know why my family came into the Lord. Maybe there are some testimonies of why my family come into the Lord. You know about all these things. But if you do not walk in it, right, this is not something that you, you really treasure and really believe in. You do not walk in it. Actually, then you don't know. You really don't know the Lord. So I think it's important for us to kind of take a step back and, and examine ourselves. You know, we, we, without too much, perhaps without too much going to like, oh, what about other people? How can I help them? Let's focus on ourselves first. Where am I? I think most of us are look, taking a look. Everyone here, most of us, including myself, right? We, a lot of us, we are first. Sorry, not first, second generation. Right? We are born in church. We never make the conscious choice to be baptized into the church. But as we grow up. At which point did this faith become your faith? And what is your relationship with God like? What is your relationship with God like? And I want you to take some time. I have sent you an email. I think we all have internet access here. If you don't, you can, you can get it. Uh, I have sent you an email. Let me see what is the email called. It's called for Tony's class. <laughs> so I just sent it out at the beginning of the class. It's a link. You can go there, and uh, you will be able to see. So I'm going to tell you what to do there. I want you to take some time to kind of reflect and think about your relationship with God. Your relationship with God. And actually, if you don't have... I think everyone has received the welcome mail, right? So that is the same email address that I sent it out to you for those. So take a look, um, re read it through. There are so many kind of relationship, kind of this is for you to really have a self-examination and ponder about your own relationship with God. And at the end, I want you to, not short answers, but long, longer answers. This is anonymous, so I wouldn't know who you are. I want to know who, who, who put it in. 
Um, but I want you to, to answer, there are three questions. The first one is, which relationship best describe your relationship with God now? You can choose more than one, but I want you to explain, why do you feel your relationship with God is this way? Then the next question is, which relationship do you long to have with God? And how do you plan to get there? What is the kind of relationship that you desire to have with God? And how do you see a way getting there? And then the last question, I think is the most important one to me, is why do you believe? Why do you believe? And this is not just, I hope it's not just an answer, right? Like what Preacher Timothy said, you are so well trained to answer in a way that the preacher like to hear. <laughs> you, are, you, are, you, you, know, you know from the RE classes, you know the correct answers. But I'm hoping, this is anonymous, right? I'm hoping that you can really think about it. You can really think about it. Or perhaps you even come to a conclusion. Perhaps I don't, I don't really believe yet. Right? This is, I'm here, but I don't really believe yet. If that's the case, that is something I think we need to face, isn't it? That is the starting point we need to face. But I hope, I hope that this, I hope you can really find out, hey, you know, this is from which events, from what experience, right? From what point onward, really, that is a turning point in my faith. That transition from my parents' faith to my faith. So I want you to spend uh, some time working on it. If you don't have a, uh, If you don't have, uh, if you don't have, if you don't have the computer, I don't know what to do. You have a phone. <laughs> we have extra ones here. I suppose you can come up to the front. Yes. Any questions? I think you can also do it on your phone. All right, we will um, we'll, we'll come back to class uh, for a little bit. Um, thank you for your responses. Actually, they, they, are, they are quite good. Um, I, if, you, if you haven't completed, it's okay. You can, you can complete it uh, at, at another time. I can see from the responses, many of us want to build a deeper relationship with God. And many of us ex share how um, we believe because we experience the love of God in, in our life, the love of God in our life. Uh, various things through our prayer, um, through how God has guided us in our daily life. Um, and one of the things I feel, you know, if, 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 if I'm trying to, to tell people how God loved them, I would go to Malachi. Let's take a look at Malachi chapter 1. Malachi chapter 1, verse 2. I have loved you, says the Lord. Yet you say, in what way have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, says the Lord. Yet Jacob I have loved. Um, so the Lord says to the children of Israel, I have loved you. Right? God say to them, I have loved you. Um, I think that is the kind of uh, message that we have heard 
when we were young, right? Our parents, uh, our teachers, our preachers telling us, God loves you, right? God loves you. Then perhaps some of the students, when you're younger, you say, in what way have God loved us? Right? And may, maybe you have your personal answers and then you, your personal experiences. But in this case here, the Israelites, they do not feel that God loved them. Right? They do not feel that God loved them. So they ask, in what way have you loved us? And then God explained to them. Actually, just think, God asked them to think about this thing. And, and God said to them, was, was not Esau Jacob's brother? Right? Was not Esau Jacob's brother? But says the Lord, yet Jacob I have loved. Right? Jacob, who is Jacob? Jacob is Israel. Right? So God loved Israel. God chose Israel right? to, to be their God, give them the commandments, give them... Um, to give them the, the, the covenant, right? Leading them out of Egypt. These are the grace God has shown to Israel. Not out of Israel's own merits, but out of God's choosing and, and selection, isn't it? So in a way, actually, especially for, for, for the second generation believers, I feel the way how we can understand is God love me by being here in true Jesus church, in true Jesus church, the church that belongs to God, actually it shows me that God loves me. Let's take a look at second, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are a chosen generation. All right, that's from Peter. So to, today we are a chosen generation, and, and actually we shall be, if we truly understand this, that this church belongs to God, established by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we are part of his church. We have been chosen to be part of this church. We are so blessed. We are so blessed. How do we know? How do we know that? How, how is True Jesus Church different from the other denominations? How is True Jesus Church different from the other denomination? Do you feel privileged? loved, blessed to be part of true Jesus Church. How are we different from the other denominations? Or just turn to one more verse. I, I really like this verse. It's in uh, Acts chapter 28, verse 28. Acts chapter 28, verse 28. And I think this is a prophecy about true Jesus Church. Acts chapter 28, verse 28. Therefore, let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will hear it. If you pay attention to the verse, if you pay attention to the verse, and then you find something very interesting. This is what Paul said, right? The salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. Salvation of God, of course, they talk about how people can be saved, right? Through water baptism, wash away your sins. Pray to receive the Holy Spirit, right? Because 
unless one is born of water and spirit, cannot enter the kingdom of God. So Paul says salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. And, and if you say, well, this is how Paul went on missionary trips to go to different places. For three trips he did, right? Um, and now eventually he is in Rome and he has preached to many people, established churches in many pioneering areas. But this verse actually is not talking about that. Why? Because if you continue to read, it says, and they will hear it. They will hear it. That means they have not heard it, right? So it's not talking about the places that he has been, the Gentiles that he has preached to. He's talking about somebody else. That the letter, that the message has been sent, has been sent already, but they have not yet heard it at this moment. And I think this is talking about true Jesus church. This is talking about true Jesus church. The church in the end time. The message from the apostolic time was sent during their time. But it takes a long time to get to us. Some people might say, well, how is true Jesus church different from another denomination? In fact, even the Bible that you use, even the Bible that true Jesus church use was put together, right? By other denominations. Have you ever thought about this? Our church, our Bible, the Bible that you use, you did not print your own Bible. It was put through a canonization process by another denomination, other denominations. And how can you say you have the better understanding? Yes, we do, because if you take a look at this verse, how do, you, how do we understand our relationship between us and the other denominations? The, the salvation of God was sent out by the church in, in the apostolic time. Right? It was sent out, it was sent. That has been done. However, there is a process by which it gets to us. Kind of like if you write a letter. Nowadays, you write email, bloop, and it's there already. But let's say you write a letter, right? Handwritten letter. Then you put on the postage and you send it out. Right? You sent it already, but it takes some time until the next person, the, the, the intended audience, uh, the intended target gets it, right? Maybe it, it needs to travel by air or by boat. It takes a long time. It kind of, it's kind of like that. So these people in the middle, the people who put the Bible together, the people who preserved the Bible, even the people who translated the Bible, who are they? They are not the intended audience in, in this sense. They are the male person, right? The delivery person. They are the one who, who delivered the letter. That is why they don't understand what is in the letter. Even though they read it, but they don't understand it. How do we know they don't understand it? Because they interpret it in their own ways. That's why there are so many denominations today. Because everybody interprets the Bible in their own ways. The same Bible, how can we come up with so many interpretations? Because that interpretation does not come from God, but from many different people. But the intended audience is true Jesus Church. When the Holy Spirit came and established true Jesus Church, now this is the time that we will hear it. Because the Holy Spirit has opened our ear, has guided us to understand the gospel, the salvation of God in the Bible. It's kind of like a letter that has been encrypted. right? In order to understand it, you have to decrypt it in order to get the message that is hidden or sealed within. Right? In the book of Isaiah, that's what the prophet said. The prophecies is like a scroll that has been sealed up. If you give it to a person who is illiterate, they say, I cannot read anything that is on, in it. 
But even if you give it to a person who is literate, he will take a look and says, I cannot read it because it's been sealed up, which is the case in the Bible. I think the best example we can have is the, our sacrament of foot washing. Even Sabbath day is so very much clear. The Bible talks about the seventh day, the Sabbath day, but the most mainstream Christianity, they do not see it. They still worship on the Sunday. But even let's talk about the, the, food, the sacrament of food washing. If you think about it, it's very miraculous. Now, if you talk to your friend who is also a Christian and ask them, do you know about Lord Jesus Christ washing his disciples' feet? Well, if they read the Bible, they say, yeah, we know about that event, right? And they say, well, in that event, it's talking about the love of Lord Jesus Christ, the humility of Lord Jesus Christ, the service of Lord Jesus Christ. They do not see the sacraments. But when we read it, that same chapter, John chapter 13, yes, we see the love of Lord Jesus Christ. We see the humility of Lord Jesus Christ. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, you also see the sacrament of food washing. Not even just that one phrase. If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. How did you come to that understanding, the food washing sacrament? Not by your own accord, right? Not because you study Hebrew, I mean, it's New Testament, it's Greek, or because you are smarter than other people. No. How can you see what other people do not see and see the salvation of God in that passage there, the sacrament of food washing? That is directly relating to salvation because God has established true Jesus Church by His Holy Spirit. So the truth has been revealed, has been given, right? So being part of this church that belongs to God, being chosen, that is to show you God loves you. Even from birth, you were put in his church. What is, how marvelous is that? How marvelous is that? So the more actually that we learn about the Bible, the more particularly we learn about our basic belief, the more we appreciate and we experience the love of God. I think what Preacher Timothy has mentioned, right, last, last, last class, about the fellowship, in the youth fellowship, what do you do? Of course, they are, you know, we, I think this is a, it's a, it's a, it's a question that has been going on for generations to generations, right? How do we keep the youth engaged, right? How do we keep them uh, in, yeah, engaged or willing to, to come and, and participate even in the more youth group? And then I think we put in a lot of time, especially youth coordinators, right? We try to do... Uh, we do have Bible studies, we have hymnal, we have activities, we have, um, we have all, all these wonderful things. And, and I, I think these are, these are very good. We put in the effort uh, to, to, draw, to bring people in, and people do come. But when they actually do come, I think what really makes them stay is to, is to feel the guidance of the Holy Spirit, that warmth. In, in, in the Lord, right? So if they come, 
and then they feel, well, this is a lot of fun. You can be, it, it, I mean, not, not to say it doesn't matter what you do, but you, you can be doing a lot of things, but you spend the time together. But if they feel, well, this is just, you know, ha having fun, eating and drinking, but not really having that, that spiritual power there, then they cannot, they may be not able to come back, right? If there's just eating and drinking, it's even more fun with the friends outside. Why, why, why are we here together with one another? We have been brought by Lord Jesus Christ to be together with one another. And He has given us the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit and His blood that has bounded us together. So maybe coming back to our topic, it starts with us. It starts with us. I think if we... I don't think this is something that... that I can do for you, right? Let me, let me turn up your, your fire a little bit. No, it's something that, yes, I can encourage, but as I'm encouraging you, actually, I'm trying to encourage myself. I'm trying to encourage myself. If, if, if the sheep, or to say if my, my the, you know, the youth is not warm, it's not for me to complain to our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, why did you, you know, give me the, these brothers and sisters? Why do you put me in the church where, you know, when these this youth, they are not, not, so, not so diligent, not so committed? Actually, it's me. Lord, please help me, right? If I am warm, if I'm zealous, if they, when, they, when, they, when they come and fellowship with me, they can really experience in this fellowship the love of God and the zealousness then they will be attracted. They will also be moved. So it's me. Lord, please work on me. Not to look, I, I think that is, that is something that I learned recently, right? <laughs> Instead of praying, Lord, please work on that person. Lord, please work on me, right? Lord, please kindle his fire. Lord, please rekindle my fire, right? The zeal and the love that I have for you. Remind me if I have ever forgotten how much you have loved me. Remind me, help me, so that I know and I will love you more. And naturally, really, the, the, it may start off with a small, small number, but if you have found some strong, really dedicated youth coordinators, right, like you, <laughs> then, then the church, the youth ministry will, will continue to grow. The fire will continue to you know, build up and to have more and more. It starts with a little spark. Okay, so that is the time for, for this class. Hopefully, we can have some you know, self-reflection that is done and also kind of think about how, how, how precious is, is God's love for us that we are in His church, that we are in His church. So that's uh, before we have our lunch break, let us kneel down and pray in one accord.